Pages of Pim Better Podcast. What's up, Voyagers? Welcome to the Voyages of Tim Vetter Podcast. This is episode number 196. Today we're talking about Filipino food. And my guest is Erica Costa. She is the manager over at Baby Skips in Bushwick, Brooklyn, New York. And she's the creator of the Kamayan Box. The Kamayan Box is essentially a Filipino feast in a pizza box. We've talked about how a lot of people have had to get creative during the pandemic. And there are a lot of people who are chefs or business owners or just people cooking out of their kitchen who are offering pickup and delivery services because it's hard running businesses right now out of a, a storefront where, you know, people congregate. I think starting tomorrow, no, tomorrow's Sunday, Monday, Monday here in New York, I think there's no more in-person dining again. So I have a lot of respect for the people who are being really creative right now. And Erica's doing so in a, in a really cool way. And her creations are, are really beautiful. Go over to the Instagram that is linked through the notes in this episode and you'll see what her boxes look like. They're gorgeous. And I'm excited for when the next one comes out so I can try to snag one early. She made me an incredible ube latte, which is, if you're unfamiliar, a, a purple yam. Really delicious. I'm not a super sweet person, and this was salty, so right up my alley. It was really cool to get to talk about uh, her business and then to also just sort of recollect and think about some of my own food experiences from when I was in the Philippines. One of them was horrifying. <laughs> I think it's in, uh, I think I told the full story. I won't rehash the whole thing. It's a lot of uh, uh, bathroom stories because I got, as I do everywhere around the world, violently sick. I've got some intestinal issues and I had a night in Cebu City that turned into like three days of me having to be cared for by my friend Kevin. So go check check out the uh, the, the, the Vang Aud episode and I think the story's in there. But as with everywhere I've been around the world, I have some really pleasant food memories from the Philippines. Probably the best are when I was in Chargao, I was staying in Pacifico, and Pacifico is far less populated than some of the places in the south. Um, what is it? General Luna is the place where you know, most of the tourists go to, to surf and to hang out. And there's a lot more options there. But when I was in Pacifico, I was having like breakfast, lunch, and dinner at a place called LeBron James and Dwayne Wade. Yep, that is what it's called. They were big uh, basketball fans. I think they even named their kids Dwayne and LeBron. But like the whole extended family lived around there. And we made friends with them. So I'd roll up in the morning. They'd make me uh, like chicken and rice, chicken adobo at night, uh, lots of shakes. And I had been, <laughs> like I said, really sick in Cebu, which actually lasted for like a month. It was kind of a nightmare. And I think it actually traces back to before I even left when I was in Queens. I got like horribly sick. Um, but one night I was just like not feeling well. And, um, she's like, you know, go, 
go down to the the fruit stand. There was like a fruit and vegetable place. And you're going to get these herbs and I'm going to make you a soup. And she made like a massive pot of it. So then of course, like that's also what was being sold that night. And it worked, man. Like it was delicious and brought me back to life for a while. So it was just really cool. And, you know, my days were centered around that place. I would wake up. I'd like to go for runs. There was like a single road running through like before it got really hot. And then I'd come back and I'd go get breakfast there. And that's where at night we would buy, you know, San Miguel's and we would all hang out there and kind of be where we started our night. It was great. And I uh, still connect with those people today and it all started with food. So it was cool to, you know, internally go down memory memory lane while we were having this conversation. And uh, I've been thinking about it ever since. It was really cool. So thank you, Erica. Hope you all enjoy this one. Go to the show notes to find links to the Kamaya box and also a link to my Patreon account if you are somebody who is able to contribute. I know at a time like this, it's not easy. So uh, if not, just spread the word, share this with a friend and go stop by Baby Skips and get one of those ube lattes and an ube waffle. You will not be disappointed. All right. Enjoy this one. I sure did. So you were, well, you were asking how have I heard about you. I guess I do what everyone does on the internet and you kind of like go down these rabbit holes where there's one person you follow and they post something interesting and then you're following that and you just, it just spirals from there. Cool. So it must have been, uh, it must have been Linda. And oh, yeah. obviously like I'm interested in food. I'm interested in Filipino food. I saw your pop-up box and I was like, that looks amazing. It'd be cool to chat with her and, and to learn a bit about it. So that, that, that must have been it. Yeah. Um, I just think Linda's just like such a really good friend of mine. <laughs> she just like really believes in me and what I'm like trying to do. You know, you just, I feel like you just always need that one person that believes in whatever you're doing. And I feel like she's that person for me, especially right now. We've been friends for like five years. Well, I mean, I think with your, the fact that you've had this longevity with the businesses she's associated with also points to your talent, right? I mean, you must be doing something well (laughs) if you're still here, huh? Yeah, I feel like the five years that I've worked here, definitely um, this year and last year was like the best year of me working here because it's, I get to be myself. You know, I get to do the things that I love. I get to make Filipino stuff and, like, share it to the people of Bushwick. And I I feel like I want to find more people who's doing the same thing that I'm doing. And so now when I'm, like, doing the combined box, I meet so many interesting people. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure. Like, I think about this all the time because... I'm not young. People always assume I'm pretty young. You do. And I'm just, I'm not young anymore. And it just sort of like, I meet people year after year and I even have in my own mind like, oh, one day I'll get into a profession where like I don't have the typical boss or I can be more myself and not have to kind of put on the 
the sort of facade that you have to put on to fit in on like a sort of, I don't know, professional or corporate environment. Um, but year after year goes by and I'm still here. So yeah. it's, you're quite fortunate to be able to work in something where you can express yourself fully. That's cool. Yeah, I feel like it definitely, this place definitely nurtured something in me that I feel like I don't even see in myself. Sometimes, you know how like we mm. all have this self-doubt inside to be like, oh, my, my thing is not good enough. People are not going to like it. Oh, yeah. But there's just like a few people be like, oh, it's so good. It's so delicious. They need to try this out. Yeah. So that's really interesting because this is doing, you know, this is just a project I do, but it's the first time I've ever had a public facing product. You know, it's, I guess this is a product, but you're, you're also making food and people can be quite public with like a Yelp review or something like yeah. that. So it's a, it's a strange, strange place to exist where the feedback is quite public. So I could see how there would be a lot of doubt before, you know, even starting up the Kamayan box. Yeah, I really just don't know what got into me because I feel like the very first time that I did it was like last October. It was like a Filipino history month. And a lot of people don't know that when I did, I did the Kamayan here at Baby Skips. Okay. So all these tables, banana leaves, um, a bunch of food, right? So Kamayan is like the use of hands. So you use your hands to eat. And you know, it's a... It's a Big sort of feast, typically, yeah, right? Yeah, it's like a big, big feast. And all of these tables have, like, everything is laid out. No appetizer, no, like, you know, like, it's all just, like, laid out. And you eat with friends. And it's just, like, more of, like, the experience, you know? And, like, getting to share the food, laughing together. And, like, everybody, not all of the people that came don't know about, like, the Kamayan or Filipino. Yeah. It's just, like, a little bit of, like, a happy surprise for them. Is it in like, does it have its cultural roots in like a celebratory meal or a holiday? I'm assuming because the amount of work that goes into all the different aspects of the dish, it's not a nightly type of a thing. I just think it, they always do it as like a kind of like a group or like I've, I've seen it in like meetings and like, you know, oh, we're going to have like a Kamayan. Like, mm. you know, I, I don't think it's like a specific thing. Okay. But we always have feasts. But this, and we all, I think just me or my family or like the people that live in the Philippines would always just eat with hands anyway. Yeah. Especially when you're just at home or like in picnics. Yeah, I, I think so. It's nothing like in particular. I'm painting with a wide brush here. But <laughs> I, I think that's something that... And it's not only necessarily in the Philippines or Southeast Asia. I mean, I think they get this right in Europe. Like, just food culture in most places outside of the United States in this sort of uh, communal aspect, the slow down and eat together. Like, if you think of, I, I was in Spain last summer, and it's very common during the work day to leave work and go have a couple of beers and yeah. a full meal with some friends. And then, yeah, all over the world, there are, are communal meals where you are sharing and eating with your hands. And there's something we can definitely learn from that. Uh, yeah. When we're like in this like 
I mean, just on my way here, I'm just running around and shoving Cheez-Its in my face. So like, <laughs> you just I've, have to. I feel like that's uh, also like in New York, like you just have to go grab a bagel, like uh, yeah. cream cheese and bagel and you got to go. I feel like we're always just like in the go over here. We never really get to sit down and like enjoy the food, you know? And I think that's, I feel like that's what's missing. Right now, during COVID, everything really just slowed down. Yeah. And now we have time to like think about our lives, think about what we really wanted to do. And I feel like for me, that's when it kind of happened, you know? I'm going to come back to that um, and maybe try to build a little bit of like a linear story. Uh, are you originally from New York? No, I'm not. I'm actually from the Philippines. I moved here when I was like 18. 18, wow. Okay. Where in the Philippines did you grow up? Um, Baler Aurora. It's kind of funny because I was actually listening to your podcast when you went to the Philippines. Okay. <laughs> and you were like interviewing this young lady and she was doing surfing. Ah, oh, Jolina. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she was like, yeah, I'm going to go to all this competition. And then she's like, yeah, I'm going to go to La Union and like Belair. And I was like, oh, that's where I'm from. Oh, very cool. <laughs> so that's cool. also like a capital for like surfing. Is it? So I'm so... Uh, Shargau, where I was, is sort of central. Mm -hmm. Is it also central or is it in the south? Um, it's all the way to the top. It's in Luzon. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I think it's on the right side. It's also like coastal. So I grew up really close to the beach. Fresh food, fresh fish, fresh oh, everything. Oh, my God. The Amazing. Life. Yeah, there's also <laughs> waterfall in there, which is kind of crazy because you're like li living the coast, uh -huh. but it's also like kind of like have some mountains on it. So some of the parts have waterfalls in them. Oh, beautiful. Did you, did you surf when you were young? <laughs> I don't even know how to swim. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, yeah, that's like, you would think that if you grew up in the beach, you, I, I would know how to like swim but I feel like I have some traumatizing childhood oh, no. <laughs> the waves just kind of swallowed me with my parents and I'm like oh my god that's how I felt in Shargao because it's also it's it's like basically reef it's super rocky yes and I'm just getting knocked around these reefs while everyone else is so graceful around me I'm like yeah I'm so bad at this no it's <laughs> <laughs> I feel you and I I love it you know I love Belair, it's like kind of like a paradise and mm. it's it's not as like popular when I was back there. But now I think like people are like starting to like take notice of mm. the place and I can't wait. I haven't been home for like 10 years now. Wow. Yeah, I've been here for a while. Um, just stayed in New York and my parents just like visit me from time to time. So they're still in hometown where you grew up? Yeah, so I'm the only one who was actually born there. Everybody else and like my siblings are like born in different towns. And yeah, they, everyone is over there. Wow. <laughs> Living their life and, you know, really happy, I guess. Who was cooking when you grew up? Everyone except for me. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I have a lot, I feel like a lot of my inspiration comes from pretty much my parents, my brother, my sister, because they're, I'm the youngest. And you know, like when you're the youngest, you just get to watch. Maybe you get to like peel the garlic and cut it. But cooking, cooking wise, no. <laughs> wow. Do you have any uh, particular like food memories or particular meals that uh, have given you a lasting impression from your childhood? 
I feel like a lot of my, you know, when we're like right now, we're an adult, we totally forget like what our childhood was. But recently, <laughs> I was actually doing the Kamayan and I, I saw lemongrass in the supermarket, so I bought it. I'm like, oh, this is gonna be good in like the adobo, I wanna try it out. So when I'm like kind of like beating the shit out of the <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> of the lemongrass, like I I smelled it. Uh. And it's so crazy how like the memory of my mom kind of just like came back to me when I was like playing outside and she was like grabbing something from some grassy part and I was like, Are, is she like feeding us grass? <laughs> and then she put it in the adobo and it was amazing. And it, it, it all just came back to me. I feel like every single time I cook, a part of like my childhood comes back to me. Yeah. And that's why I do it, you know? It's like food is very personal when it comes to Filipinos. A lot of like love and emotion goes to the food. And I just think like, I feel, I feel such like, Emotions every time I think about it because I haven't seen them in a while and I feel like this is the thing that um, makes me close to them. Hmm. So did did you teach yourself how to cook then? I feel like I just like tried and then taste because that's how I am. Like I really don't follow recipes, which uh. is really horrible. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, if it works, it works. I, I taste it, but like, mm, not quite yet. Uh. <laughs> and then the very first time I actually cooked for someone was when I met my husband now, because he hasn't really tasted Filipino food. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, so I'm trying to show off, you know, I'm trying <laughs> yeah. to show my skills. <laughs> and yeah, you know, it's that that's like seven years ago and that's when I started cooking really because I'm trying to like sort of like impress him (laughs) (laughs) with my with my with my cooking skills because I feel like you're not Filipino if you know like you don't know like a certain dish like to cook a certain dish and I guess he loved it because he married me (laughs) (laughs) this is delicious um there's something salty yeah, so I love the uh, mix of like sweetness and saltiness. So I put a little bit of sea salt on the ube, wa- on uh, the ube latte. Yeah, so this is yeah. ube, which is, if I'm correct, it's a purple yam. Yeah, it's a purple yam from the Philippines. And I also mix a little bit of coconut oil. Okay. So it's like a little bit nutty and then steamed milk and then a little bit of sea salt. And it's it's also done in like in if I think it's in hollow hollow right there's like yeah, a yes so we, we also put it on top of uh, the hollow hollow yeah amazing yeah <laughs> um, so then how did you did you start working in the coffee shop here first is that your first foray into the food world I feel like I work in a different uh, coffee shop I at first I work in like a food truck. Which oh, I, yeah? Yeah, which I absolutely hated. Oh, okay. <laughs> I feel like that, I, I think like most food establishment don't really nurture like yeah. a lot of um, the talents of their staff. And you just have to follow like a certain rule, like you need to do it like this way. It has to be done this way, you know, mm. like, especially if like, they, it's it's not like a specialty food truck it's just like a regular food truck just like serve egg egg and cheese you know okay yeah so here like 
I work here. It's kind of like the same. Like um, I tried to make. How do I say this? American food. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to say. Yeah, American food, and you know, I try my hardest just to be like, oh, this is like the salads and like the soup. Everything was pretty much American. I never really tried to do Filipino until like recently. Wow. So what did what was this, the first thing you started with here then? The first thing I started with here is the ube waffle. Okay. I feel like when we were like conceptualizing baby skips because it, it doesn't have a kitchen. What do we want? At first we tried to like a more like vegan friendly, like, you know, healthy. I guess it kind of like didn't work out at first. So mm. we tried again. Like, you know how it is. Like you learn and then... Now we like, oh, like, since you're Filipino, why don't we do, like, Filipino, like, Asian-inspired? And then we did the ube latte, uh, the ube waffle. <laughs> and it was really good. And we went to, like, different restaurants, tried on new food. And oh, okay. it's hard to, like, say, like, oh, it's Filipino. And then they're like, what is that? Mm. You know, it's not like, oh, it's Chinese or Thai, Vietnamese. Filipino is not as known as those other Asian countries. Yeah, I always like I always wonder about that a little. I guess it's just population numbers. Like I, I always like kind of rack my brain. I, I love Indonesian food and the population of Indonesia is huge. And I'm always like, why is there not more That's Indonesian true. food in America? I mean I would just assume like logically it's because there are less Indonesian Americans. Um or maybe it just, I don't know, it just hasn't caught on in, like, the popular culture yet or something. I don't know. Yeah. I don't want to say it, but I guess because the stereotype of, like, Filipino is nurses. Yeah. <laughs> Our parents really don't want us to be cooks. Mm. You know, it's not like, I feel like it's always been like, oh, like, you're a cook. Like, it's always, like, looked down upon, you mm. know, unless you're like, oh, like, you're a chef, like, you own, like, your own restaurants. Right. Da, da, da. I feel like that. I feel like that. It's it's always been looked down, and I feel like from a while, like I also felt the same way. But it's your passion, you know. You got to do what makes you happy. Yeah. And especially right now, like you just gotta. You cannot like be cooking someone else's food. You gotta cook your own because it's your own flavor. Mm. Like you can't be cooking. For example, for me, I I can't cook other. Asian food, you know, because that's where I grew up. Right, of course. Like, it has to be Filipino food. Yeah, that'd be like, I don't know what Canadian food is, maybe poutine, but that'd <laughs> so be like, like if yeah. I was like, yeah, do Canadian <laughs> food, be like, what? Um, does, well, what, I guess, what does mom think then? Like, do you, are you, are you showing her the stuff that you're making? Yeah. <laughs> It's so funny because they don't even know that I know how to cook. Yeah? Yeah. They were like, oh, you're cooking. <laughs> I feel like my parents and my brother and sister is like very supportive in what I do. It's, it's not, I feel like whatever makes me happy is what they want for me. And I feel like just to like, I send them this little articles that I'm on it. And like, you know, my mom and my dad would like repost it on Facebook. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And like my aunts would see it and they're like, oh, good job, Erica. Like, you know, that really warms my heart that they're actually like appreciating what I'm doing here. Yeah, of course. 
I mean, obviously the the pandemic has hit the entire country and the entire world really hard. Um, the fact that restaurants are communal areas has made it even more difficult. And then there is also like a really apparent stigma and racism in neighborhoods like Flushing that have a lot of like Chinese and Korean immigrants and people were seemingly avoiding those places. And this makes being in the restaurant industry really difficult right now. Yeah. And so there are a lot of people who are adapting. And though you didn't like run your own restaurant, you are someone who's gotten creative and has adapted to what's been going on. And it's like, it's working. Can you talk about sort of like the, the genesis of the Kamayan box, like how you thought it up and what it is? We mentioned what the feast is, but what are you actually doing here? Yeah, I feel like once like October hits again, I was like, damn, Filipino History Month again. And I was like, I would want to do another Kamayan, but COVID, you know, I can't. It's like a thing that is communal. You have to share it. I don't know. I'm just like eating pizza <laughs> one day. And it'll be like, <laughs> oh, you know what? This is like a good vessel for like... The box. Yeah, the box. Yeah. Like, you know, it's a good vessel. And it didn't right away click, you know. It's just like, mm, what should I do? And like now, like I'm looking back at it. I didn't... The first, the first place, I don't even want to do it because, you know, I'm hesitating. I don't know if people are going to like it or if they're going to be into it. But since it's like a box, like it's a different experience and you still would have a feast. And the whole thing about my Kamayan box, I think what makes it different is I actually offer it to be vegan. Mm. And a lot of people like want to share food, but, you know, oh, my boyfriend is vegan. <laughs> or like, you know, they can't eat this, can't eat that. I actually have a lot of friends who's also gluten-free, which is like a big thing right now. And, you know, like it's hard to find food that are like gluten-free and yeah. vegan and you can share it with other people. So all most of the stuff that I make is gluten-free. And according to one of my friends who I ask him, like, why do you buy, like, you know, what's about it? What's something special about it? Because I'm just like trying to like, see in another person per perspective and it's like oh because you know I'm a first generation Filipino my boyfriend is be vegan and we, we can never find like any vegan food in like Filipino restaurants yeah it's hard you know like they all have the lechon <laughs> yeah even I mean even breakfast is like yeah. all the yeah, it's salogs always, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like. it's always like rice a side of protein yeah and then some some salad a little bit of salad but it, it's tough because I'm not vegan myself. Mm. I'm also like a meat eater. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, Same. you know, I honestly enjoy vegan food, especially um, right now when we offer the the ube waffle. I actually made it vegan before it has eggs and milk. But mm. now I, I just want people to taste it too. I think that's the whole thing about me. Because mm. how can you share it if like, you know, a lot of like, food restriction that they can't have. So now everybody can eat it. You know, you can share it with anybody you want. And I just think like a lot of vegan people and gluten-free people, they're just like so happy to like be able to be included. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it seems like it's gone well, like you sold out, right? 
yeah, I pretty much sold out. And sometimes I just need to like, yep, that's it. Like, yeah, it's a lot because it's a lot too many variations. Like I put put at least two proteins and then so many veggies and like I pickle so many stuff. I do it all by myself. My husband made really? Yeah. <laughs> all the cooking is me. How, so, like, how long is the process of making the meal in one box? How long does that take you? So I have to... I don't even know, but, like, <laughs> sometimes I, every time I finish doing it, I'm like, I'm never going to do this again. It's so hard. My arms are going to fall off, but I think we we assemble it here. We okay. assemble it here. We have some tags to be like, this is only half, like, uh, regular, traditional, and then half vegan. We have, like, um, certain labels, and then... I'm sorry, I love... <laughs> yeah, no, that's okay. Listen, we're really off the cuff. It's okay. What was your question again? <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, no, you're cool. Like, the, just the... It's like... Because I'm, I'm looking at these, and I'm like, there's so many different th- components to one box. Yeah. Like... That's got to take you, and now that you tell me by yourself, that's got to take forever. Yeah, I actually have to take some days off. I I had to, uh, it's only pre-order. It's like a week. uh, I opened my pre-order, and then I would have to go to supermarket, order everything a week before, or like that same week, and then prep for like three days. Is it difficult at all to get all of the flavors that you're looking for? No, actually, I go to the uh, I go to the supermarket in Queens. Yeah, okay. They have like Filipino um, kind of like store over there, yeah. and then that's where I get all my stuff. And now I think it's not that hard to like grab like certain ingredients, but not everything. I still want to use local and seasonal vegetables because it's yeah. like at their peak and they're so delicious like the last time we did like some butternut squash because it's squash season you know i still want to use like whatever you know anything is fresh over here i mean it's in this economy like obviously there's the part of this like you talked about like the joy of having people try filipino dishes and filipino flavors but it, i mean is it also is it lucrative is it something that like you think you're going to do long term and is like something that is sustainable? I think my plan for like right now in December, I'm actually taking a break for it, maybe like to find a a different concept, but I would Mm. still do it. And, you know, it's my birthday next week. So I think I'm (laughs) going to be like, yeah, I need like a month off to just like, you know, put um, another idea for me. But... I feel like I use the Kamayan box, honestly, for the cafe, for mm. baby skips. Because, um, like we said, like, restaurants bus- business is hard right now. So I feel like that's my way of, like, giving a little attention to where I actually work. And then by the end of it, I actually want to do, like, some special Filipino dishes. Ooh, nice. Like, every Friday, I would do, like, a special rice and the side and then some, you know, <laughs> some wow. pickle stuff on the side. Just so, you know, like people have other things to eat. I have a lot of things to offer. And I feel like I'm going to do food that I actually eat at home. Just like... Uh, you, you likely don't eat this at home because of how it's prepared. But it, could you do a lechon? 
Oh my god, that'd be that's like a whole pig. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I don't have the equipment. To yeah. <laughs> but like a uh, like a, I could see like a summertime like in a park type of a thing. Mm-hmm, that would totally. be amazing. I feel like if ever like I can do it, I would totally would do it. You know, if I have like a better kitchen, not just like my home kitchen. Mm. I'm like honestly excited for the future because I have so many things in store. I have so many things that I want to cook for people. I feel like I'm such a people pleaser because I'm trying to please every single one of them. But you know, it makes me happy that when people message me on Instagram, they'd be like, oh my God, I haven't had Filipino food in so long. I really miss my mom. And this kind of just like takes me back. Do you feel any pressure in that type of situation? (laughs) Those are big shoes to fill, like mom's shoes. I feel like, no, I feel like I'm really happy that I get to be a part of that experience. I, I'm like, I feel you. I also miss my mother. That's why mm. I'm doing this. And I want to be a part of a bigger community, I guess. Find more Filipinos that's like doing the same things. Maybe do some collaboration. Because the first one that I, that I did it, I actually collaborated with another Filipino who's doing Filipino pastries. And it oh. was like amazing. And she's vegan, and I can't believe she does, like, all this amazing vegan pastries. Wow. You know, I get it. First of all, this is so freaking good. I'm like, yeah. why don't I live closer to here? Yeah, I would definitely keep you posted for, like, the other stuff that I'm oh, yeah. going to make. I'm in. And that's, that's actually that's a good segue to what I was going to ask. So I think... You know, I'm a I'm a consumer. Maybe I'm not the like the typical food consumer in the sense that like because of the podcast, I'm constantly seeking new places and seeking things I haven't had or seeking things that also remind me of the places that I've traveled to. Um, so I've as bad as things are for a lot of people. Like I feel quite fortunate that I've been able to to connect with some people like. I've had, uh, there are these two Indonesian grandmothers from Queens. It's called Omas, which is Indonesian or uh, it's actually German and Dutch for grandma. Um, And they didn't come from the food industry really, but just started cooking out of their house and were doing like pickup and delivery. And they made... I'm no expert, right? I'm a a (laughs) white boy from New York, but like what I was in... I spent about six months total in Indonesia and I was in Jakarta for about three months and I was having tempeh, like breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And I haven't been able to recreate it or find it the way that it was made there. I think it's called tempeh orak. But I got it from these women. I'm like, oh my God, this is like me being street side in Jakarta. This is perfect. Or like more recently, I actually think Linda mentioned her the first time to me, but her her company is uh, Krung Cambodia. Yeah, I, I've had her food the last two weeks, and I'm like, this is insane. Like, I my access to incredible food now is even better than it was. I, I almost feel a part of it in the sense that I get to actually meet the person who made it and pick it up from them. And I also know like the money's going right to them. Like last night, my girlfriend and I ordered food. It's a really good Mediterranean place. I think it's called, it's S-A-K-I-B, Sakib or Sakib in Williamsburg. And it was like a long work day, feeling super lazy. 
And so I go on to Seamless, and the $38 meal comes out to $42. So I'm like, hell no, I'm not going to do it. That's ridiculous. Yeah. It's been happening to me, too. That's why I barely it's use crazy. Seamless or Grubhub. They're yeah. actually just, like, killing the restaurant industry. Horrible. Yeah, they're charging you a lot, and then they're taking 15 20% right. from the restaurant, which is kind of like, you know. And it's like, it's maybe it's more convenient, but try calling the place. <laughs> so I just call yeah. them like, hey, do you That's deliver? Great. Yep, $30 flat. Awesome. Great. Or maybe go for a walk. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Like this, the way that people have been innovating and adapting, I think, is actually like advantageous to a consumer. And it does make me feel like I, I'm part of something good. Maybe that's cheesy. I don't know. But it's been really enjoyable for me to see that kind of stuff. Yeah, I feel like you're just taking off like the other person and just going straight to the people, which I think is great. I feel like now we have to really support each other. We yeah. have to support like small businesses and we can't just give our money to this like big companies, you know? I, I think it's great that like all this like little small places um, surviving because there's people like you who would rather like, you know, give the money straight to them. And for me, like when I do these boxes, um, I feel like my part is I actually do a percentage and donate it. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. I think that's like, I never really thought about it, but you got to do something, you know, you got to, you got, you got to make um, something that's like for people, but at the same time, you got to give back for the people that needs it. And it's all like different um, charities that we do. Um, my friend, Kiana, who you've met earlier, she really helps me out. We always joke around that she's my vice president yeah. <laughs> because she helps me out and she just like, as a friend, she doesn't ask me for money or anything. And I get a lot of support from the people that works with me. Yeah, it's, I come from like a DIY tradition. Like I was a teenager in, in in these punk communities. And that may sound cheesy to people, but it was a very sort of like, let's take care of each other type of an atmosphere. Um, you know, there were a lot of zines in, in, in punk, like, like DIY magazines you could pick up at shows for cheap or for free. And this Wednesday, it's at the printer now, but uh, I live, my immediate community is Williamsburg. I'm like very south. I think it likely used to be called Bushwick, but like as all neighborhoods get gentrified, the names change. Mm -hmm. um, and I have a zine at the printer and it's, it's about all the places in Williamsburg that I like to go and it'll be available at those places for free for pickup. Cause I'm just like, what else can I do to help? And maybe that's nothing. I don't know, but it's something I, I feel like I would, love to pick up some of those, you know, because I'm always looking for new spots. You know, I, yeah. you've probably been to so much restaurants more than I do. But, you know, I would be like, oh, this person said it's good. So I would like try it out. I feel like that's doing something. Yeah. And now I want to do like more neighborhoods. And I'm thinking Bushwick and it's just, yeah, I don't know. It's if I keep thinking it, like, and it, this is in the zine, but it's like my version of hell is like, <laughs> Our streets are, are paved with like strip malls full of franchises like mm -hmm. Applebee's and stuff like that. And it's, God, like what a <laughs> bland world that will be. But yeah. it's not, it sounds like a dystopian novel, but it's not unrealistic. Like Amazon 
could be the only thing around after. That's kind of scary. I, yeah. I honestly was thinking about it like the same thing. I think people need to go out and obviously social distance and wear their mask. But they need to support these places because they said, oh, I love this place. I love their coffee. And then you don't go there. You yeah. don't support them. If you don't, they're going to be gone and you have no place to go. Yeah. And I, again, I'm a fortunate person. Like I've, partly it's because I've made good life choices. Partly it's privilege. Partly it's luck. But I haven't been affected in the way a lot of people are. So like, I'm even okay with spending a little more money in some places because they're offering like humanely, uh, humanely raised proteins or they're, they're buying from local people or they're using authentic ingredients that like, I don't know how to use in the way that they do. So like that to me, I mean, maybe it's pleasure because it's food, but like that investment I'm putting into the community is like, yeah, I want that thing to be there because they're doing something good for all of us and something I can't do. So that's a, that's a rant. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. We all have like our inner voices that we just want to tell people how we feel. Yeah. So do you think, you know, I know you're thinking in the moment now, but do you think of, any of this long term and think like maybe I would want something more permanent like a like a brick and mortar or a storefront or something like that or is it one day at a time um I feel like so at this time I'm not doing any of the boxes but I'm actually focusing on putting more of me in this store because we're actually doing a pantry Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So we're gonna we're not gonna do indoor seating because we're actually gonna turn this uh, place into a pantry, and it's gonna be mainly focusing on like Filipino goods, um, some local artist stuff. You know, like I also would like to support a lot of people that like want to sell, and they could put it in our shelves. You know, we could sell it for them. You know, it's good for us, good for them. And I think we're, we're shooting for January. I feel like we just need to innovate. We can't just stay still like this. We need to yeah. do something about it, you know, because times are changing and we also need to change. We need to do better. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> we try. We try. <laughs> yeah, I feel like uh, definitely um, my team here, they, I get a lot of support from them. And they're going to do this with me. And I feel like a little bit of ourselves is going to be put into this store. Wow. That's, that's something to look forward to. How, so whether it's uh, Baby Skips or the Kamayan Box or just you, how can people follow along to see the, the cool things that will be coming out now in, in 2021, which will hopefully be <laughs> a better year? Yeah, I mean, I... Do not like people following me on my personal Instagram. Oh, okay. <laughs> we won't promote that then. Yeah, because I only post memes in there. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, you know, it's me. But I feel like if you want to know more, I mostly post um, in the Kamayan box mm. and Instagram and on baby skips, but mostly in the Kamayan box. I feel like you could see me there cooking. I would also want to do more recipes to like help out people that wanted to um, cook from home, you know, I'm, 
never really into meal kits. Maybe just buy it and like mm. I'll cook it for you already. <laughs> like that thing is so like a little bit foreign to me because a lot of people are like doing meal kits right now. Yeah. Yeah, I want to try um, another person's meal kit, meal kit maybe. And then I'll be like, ooh, like I can do this too. <laughs> okay, well, I will. So I'll promote um, everyone listening knows you can go to the show notes and find that. Um, I was thinking of one last thing, like we uh, does the success of it and maybe the, the attention that's coming to it now, does, did that surprise you at all? Or like, what does that feel like? I'm even surprised I'm in this podcast. I was like thinking <laughs> like, what can I say that people will be interested at? Like, you know, like, am I interesting? Is there something about me that I can share? But apparently <laughs> there is. <laughs> well, yeah. It's amazing. And I hope that, like, a lot of, like, listeners who's also, like, Filipinos and also, like, doing Filipino food would find me and, like, you know, do a collaboration with me or, like, just be my friend. <laughs> I feel like a lot of um, connections during COVID is a little bit more genuine because it's so limited. And, you know, now, like, we actually want to, like, kind of express ourselves, you know, and put, like me, I'm putting my passion and my work, like, together. It's kind of crazy, but, you know, I'm really happy and hopefully, like, you know, meet more people and, you know, collab with me, please. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you if you come to know about Erica through the podcast, tell her that, uh, Tim sent you. That would be awesome. And yeah, of course, like, thank you for doing this. I mean, in the, the most selfish way possible, sometimes, you know, I use this podcast because I'm interested in the person and it puts me in the room with them. It, it started when I was just having conversations with people on the road and I was like, wow, like this person's so interesting. I really wish other people would hear this. And that has been what it's become. Obviously now I'm stationary during the pandemic, but I have a wealth of incredible people at, you know, at my front door here in New York. So uh, you are one of them and uh, just want to say, you know, cheers. Thank you for doing this. Thank you. And I hope that you come by and I oh, let yeah. you know if I have like more food. Yeah. <laughs> amazing. I honestly just want to feed people and just tell me that it's good. <laughs> okay. That's awesome. I, I f- but I feel like my ego feeds off of that. And it makes me really happy. <laughs> well, I am, I'm happy to contribute to the ego as long as I'm, I'm eating. So cool. Thank you. That is a wrap on episode 196 of the Voyages of Tim Vetter podcast. Thanks so much, Erica, for coming on. And Voyagers, of course, thank you all for listening. I was thinking while I was doing the, uh, the intro, and I forgot to mention that there are these, they're almost like little like individual bodegas, kind of. They're, I guess you could call them like little mini convenience stores, but they're really like a stall. It's a like a, a glass storefront and you just roll up and they sell snacks and drinks, ice cream and things like that. Some of those um, like flavored waters in a bag and you just, you know, pop a straw into there and sip. It's basically like, like, a, like a kid's wonderland. Like <laughs> it's all snacks. It's great. But there are a lot of places in the Philippines and I think the the snacks are actually maybe from Japan. They're like the the Nagaraya snacks. But I could not, like I got hooked on these things bad when I was in the Philippines. I could not stop eating these. 
and they were like the perfect pairing for uh, for drinking beers at night. We would just crush bags of these Nagaraya snacks. And I was thinking about that and forgot to mention it during the intro. So that's also a fond memory I have <laughs> is eating snacks from the convenience stands all over the Philippines. So it was cool to go down memory lane again. And uh, this was a real treat to have this conversation with Erica. So thanks again, Voyagers. More stuff coming very soon. As always, please take care of each other. Catch you very soon.